Thanks for joining us on the Church of the Lakes podcast, where we inspire life, share life, and give life. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at cotlakes.com. We'd love to connect with you. Now, let's go to the message. Testament, there's a verse that's very, very powerful. 
consider uniqueness of human beings. Uh, God has designed us to partner with God in purpose. Now think about that. Ten years ago, nobody had ever heard of Church of the Lakes. Five years ago, nobody had ever heard of it because there was no Church of the Lakes. But Pastor Mike and Jen had been here in this community serving in several churches and a passion was growing inside of them. That just didn't happen naturally. That was God at work. Because as God was watching from heaven all that was going on in Leesburg, I'm sure he was delighted with many of the churches in town, but he saw that there was yet something just a little bit missing. A church that would focus in particularly on this high school. The students, the faculty, the staff, the families. A church that would care about the police department in this town. A church that would prioritize the needs of other people over our own needs. And a vision began to form in Pastor Mike's mind, and several of you were then called into the discussion of what resulted in this Church of the Lakes. That's God reaching from heaven, looking for a person whose heart is right and ready, and then birthing in that person a vision so there could be a partnership between that person and many of us and God in accomplishing a purpose, God's purpose. Now think about that. I don't care what your vocation was or how much you ever accomplished or how many trophies there are in your trophy case. There's nothing more significant than a human being partnering with God to accomplish God's purpose. Do you agree with that? It's a powerful concept, isn't it? So, my dear friends, God said to Jeremiah, when he was pondering, so what's my purpose? Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart and I called you to be a prophet. Now look at that for a moment. Is it possible that that pertains to you? While God was shaping and forming you in your mother's womb, he was shaping a unique design with purpose. Yeah. Does that give you a reason to be excited about living and living on journey with God? Last week, Pastor Mike brought us into God's Word in the place, 1 Corinthians 13. There was a man once by the name of Paul who had a profound encounter with God in the first century. It so changed his life that he started traveling all around the Roman Empire and doing this, inviting people to come and meet Jesus as he had met Jesus and changed his life. And he started planting churches in places like Corinth and Ephesus and, uh, and in the Philippines and even Rome. And then he started writing letters to those places as he moved on from place to place. He wrote two of them to the Christians at Corinth. And last week, Pastor Mike had us in the first letter. Today, we're going to be in the second letter in chapter 5. Now, when these letters were written, they were written just like you and I write letters. There weren't chapters and verses. It was a letter. But after a while, and people were looking at copies of these letters, and they would get together like this in groups, and they would want to look at one particular sentence or paragraph, they needed a way to find it. So, chapters and verses. Chapter 5, verse 5. Chapter 5, verse 5 of 2 Corinthians says this. Now it is God who has made us for this very purpose. Wow. There it is. God has designed us all with and for a purpose. It is God who has made us for this. 
recognize it as God was working in our mother's womb, shaping and forming us. God had in his mind it not only the present, but the future. So that, in that 14th chapter, the 14th verse, it says, because we know that the one almighty God who raised Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. For an awful lot of people, the future is a great big question mark. Would you agree? But in God's mind and heart, when he was shaping you in your mother's womb, he was thinking about the now and the future. We have purpose here and now, and we have purpose future. That's a powerful concept. God, all through God's word, is calling us to recognize our design and our purpose. When Paul was writing to the Christians in Ephesus, he wrote this, our design and our purpose is to be holy and blameless. Wow. <laughs> and you're like me, I shake my head when I read that. I say, oh boy, God, that's not me. And God says, yeah. There's a problem, isn't there? And it was with your parents and your grandparents and your great-grandparents and every person all the way back to Adam and Eve. And the problem is that the human race has consistently said, no, God, no, back up, you're crowding me here. I want to live my own life. I want to do it. I want to find my own purpose, dream my own dreams, pursue my own agenda. As we do that, that's rebellion, isn't it? We know that anything less than perfect is sin. And you and I live in a world plagued with sin. So this idea of being holy and blameless, it's impossible for us the way we are. But that's what Easter is all about, isn't it? Because Jesus came to make it possible for you and me to experience new life in him. Paul also wrote in there to the Ephesians in chapter 1 that we are designed to be for the praise of his glory. That means you're a trophy that God wants to hold up for the whole world to see, but especially for the dark kingdom to see. God's saying, look what I can do with a person who does what we have been singing the last several minutes, who comes to me and says, Jesus, here's my life. I, I can't fight the fight anymore. Help me find my design, your design for me, and my purpose, and help me live for your praise and your glory. Have you ever thought about that? I want you to consider this. You'll see it there in your notes. You'll see it on the screen. That you and I are to live compelled by Christ's love. Listen to chapter 5, verse 14. For Christ's love compels us because we're convinced that one died for all. Easter is the greatest expression of love. Would you agree? There is no greater love than Jesus said than to give your life for another. When you really understand what Easter is all about, God coming here to live among us, to pay the price for our sin that we can't pay so that we can have new life here and forever? When we grasp that, my friends, that outrageous love compels us to live differently. Paul goes on to say, and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for us and was raised again. There it is. Purpose. I am designed to understand God's unconditional love for this world and for me. 
I'm designed to live in response to that. The love of God compelling me and how I live my life. And I'm designed to live my life as one great big thank you to God every day. Living for Him and not for myself. What do you think about that? How different would your life and mine and our world be if we were living thank you to God every single day with all that that day holds? Now consider this paragraph. Divine design is unique among all people. That's what the fingerprint is about. Yet I'm living far below my potential as long as I insist on defining my own identity, pursuing my own purpose, and living independently to my desire and my creator. Now you might need to ponder that for a couple minutes. Do you see yourself in that paragraph? I doubt many of us in this room really can grasp the potential, no matter where you are in your life, your age, no matter who you are, none of us can understand the potential that God has packed into us by His design for us and what He would like to accomplish in our world involving us in his purposes. But that potential is significantly reduced as long as I insist on doing it my way. This is movie season. <laughs> Snowbirds are already probably dark. College grads are going to be walking across platforms very soon and then packing up their rooms into their meetings and because that's all they have, and going to start in an apartment someplace. Remember, and as they do that, they're going to say, Mom and Dad, Grandma and Grandpa, anybody have anything they want to give me? I'm starting. And pretty soon, high schoolers are going to be graduating and stepping off, and, and then there'll be weddings, and they'll be starting. This is the season for new, fresh starts. I've noticed something. When you're young and you're doing that, you're wanting to take what anybody will give you to, to kind of fill up your, your moving van. Uh, as you age, you start having garage sales and, and filling up dumpsters because you've accumulated a whole bunch of stuff, right? And you can't take it all, and so you start looking around saying, what haven't I used in a long time? Uh, I live with a wonderful dear woman who's been my life partner now for 47 years, and Sweet Donnie is one of those people that says, if you haven't used it or worn it in three years, you won't even notice if it's not there. Wow. So every once in a while, I have to walk into my closet and see what's gone. In fact, I myself have to keep moving because if I stand too long in one place. <laughs> so, this is the box that this beautiful fingerprint came in. And I've got something in here I want to show you. I've noticed that as people are packing up all their stuff to move or throwing their stuff in the dumpster, there are some things that mean so much to them that there's no way they're going to leave that box. It kind of helps to define who they are and the journey of life they've been living. Now, you probably can't see it real well there, and even if you could see it real, real well, you go, what in the world is that? It's a little hand-carved cross. But in the place where I grew up, overseas, in the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere, this means a lot to me because this was public transportation. Most people didn't have automobiles, and when my wife and I went back to live in that place as adults, this really became significant. So every time we move, 
Ranger Don says, are you taking that event? Yeah, because it's part of my story. It helps me remember what God's been doing in my life journey. So I want to ask you, what are some of those treasures that you have? That when it comes to moving, you want to make sure you take them because it helps to tell the story of your life. So here's the second statement that I want to give you today. Identity changes as Jesus accomplishes new creation. So we've been looking at some of the things about our unique identity as human beings, but we also took a look at the fact that all of us live enslaved in this sin problem until we meet Jesus. And so listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 again, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, sit with me. There are new creation. The old is, and the new has, oh my. Have you experienced that? The transformation that the resurrected Jesus Christ and all of his power wants to bring to you and to me. I've given you three things here in the notes that helps us understand it. First, Jesus will unshackle us from our sinful past. Wow. We can live free from it. His resurrection power has broken its hold on us as we keep going forward in life. Second, the Holy Spirit of God will recreate in me a new spiritual nature. We were saying about that today. That means I view life differently through new spiritual eyes and a whole new perspective. It means my priorities and my values change. And the next statement says, in relationship with God, I can be realigned with God's design and God's purpose. A new creation in Christ. I'm unshackled from my sinful past. The Holy Spirit has recreated a, a new dog. A new We'll put your name there. And he's called you to realign your life by God's power with your original design and your purpose. Now, we understand the word realign, don't we? Uh, you know what it's like. You're driving down the road and you feel like your car is pulling, right? I don't know what you do, but what I do is I go find a country road where there's probably not going to be any traffic, and I put my car right in the middle of it, and I drive forward, and then I take my hands off the wheel. What's going to happen? And if it pulls, I've got an alignment problem. Now I have a choice. I can fight it, pull it hard on the wheel every time I drive to get the car to drive straight or I can go and get it realigned. Question. What does it feel like when you know you're out of alignment with God? What does it look like in your decision making, your relationships? How you spend your money, how you spend your time, what you watch on television or the movies on Netflix. What does it look like when you're out of alignment with God? We look around our society, we have a feeling there's a lot of people, especially if you put in influential leadership roles who are out of alignment with God, and trying to call all the rest of us to join them. Do you get that feeling sometimes? So I want you to consider verse 18 of 2 Corinthians 5. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ. I want you to see something else that is a part of my life journey. Now, when 
promise I'm not going to preach until this thing runs down. I don't know what it is. There's not one of us in this room that can predict exactly how much time you have left before the earth returns. Right? What are you going to do with the time that's left when your earth returns? How will it be different from how you lived up to this point? My identity changes as I become a new creation in Christ and my purpose in life changes as I start walking my journey aligned with you, Jesus. So that every moment of every day has a newfound purpose. So listen to that 18th verse. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself. This remarkable change work that God does in us, it's not something that we do to ourselves. It's not something that we study in a book. It's, it's not something that we go to a college class for. It's a miraculous work of God by his resurrection power unleashed into us that changes us. And I give you a couple of evidences. First, I'm forgiven. Forgiven by God for all of those things that have weighed me down and often defined me in the past. Second, I'm redeemed from the devil's grasp. We all know what it is like to live in bondage to that stuff inside of us that keeps drawing us to think and say and do the things that we don't want to, but, but we do. We find ourselves too often anger welling up inside of us, lust welling up inside of us, jealousy, deceitfulness. Where does all that come from? It comes from that sin nature that we're all born with. But God promises us with this new creation work that Jesus does in us, we can have victory over that, and we have been rescued, redeemed out of that. I just read for you here that we are reconciled back to God by the power of the resurrected living Jesus. Reconciled is not a word we use very often, but we understand it. You and I have all had situations where we got into a tiff, and then it got a little deeper than that, and we didn't want to even talk to that person. And so distance. And inside of us, we felt bitterness and resentment and anger and all that stuff. Days, weeks, months. Finally, either you or that other person had the courage to pick up the phone and say, can we have coffee? We used to be such good friends. What happened? Let's see if we can reconcile this problem. And one apologizes to the other. You accept, and you accept forgiveness, and reconciliation takes place. It's a powerful experience, isn't it? We've all had it. Paul says here that God reconciles us back to him. Because we were living as enemies. By the power of Jesus at work in us. So that the rest of our lives is not living estranged from God, not living as enemies of God, but living like we said a little earlier in a close relationship. And in fact, we were singing about being a child of God. That's because part of this new creation work is that God adopts us into his family. It's amazing. So that you can call him Heavenly Father and he calls 
loving son, daughter. Do you know that strong feeling in you? That you have a family relationship with God? Has the Holy Spirit of God given you certainty of that? But you're not estranged. You're not an enemy. God himself has drawn you to himself as a son, as a daughter. Amen? God seals all of that by the power of his Holy Spirit. Why? Because all of those things are things that God does in a person like you or me as we trust Jesus Christ to be our Savior. It's not things we do to ourselves. God does them as he transforms us into a new person to live the rest of our lives as a new person. And what God does, he will not undo. Amen? And he doesn't want us to try to undo it. It's safe and it's secure with him. And so consider this. As a new recreation, I'm not who I was. Jesus is realigning me to my God design and purpose. Do you feel like that's what he's going to do? I either welcome that and cooperate with Jesus or I resist and I complicate what the Holy Spirit is trying to do in my new way of life. Would you consider that? Where are you in that journey? Welcoming and cooperating the renewing work the Holy Spirit wants to do in you? Or resisting and complicating it? I'm a worship music man. I'm so thankful that God's gifted remarkably some wonderful worship leaders. I love listening to worship music and finding new songs. And I found a new song this last week. I, I, I just discovered Kristen Gale and her worship. And I want us to watch a song, it's both video and audio, that takes all that we've looked at in the last few moments in God's Word and puts it into song. I think we've got it running up there. So let's watch it.
business. And all of a sudden, a bush caught fire when it wasn't consumed. He approached the bushes. He heard a voice. Moses, Moses, take off your shoes. You're standing on holy ground. I am the God of your fathers. I've seen the misery of my people. I've heard them crying out, and I have come down to rescue them. Now you go to Pharaoh. And what a discussion you may remember. And finally, Moses says, God, if I go back to those people and I tell them, I had an encounter with God, and they say, oh, yeah? What's his name? What should I tell them? You tell them, I am that I am. I am more than you will ever need. I am more than you can ever possibly comprehend. I have no beginning and no end. I am. So that statement, I am who I am, because the I am tells me who I am. Is that true for you? Or does social media tell you who you are? Or your family, do they tell you who you are? I want to tell you there's a whole new deliverance in life. You start listening to the voice of the great I am. As that great God speaks of you like this is who I designed you to be. These are the purposes for which I designed you so that you can partner with me in accomplishing that for which you exist for my glory. So I'll throw you a last statement for today. God commissions me as his ambassador. When I have an encounter with Jesus Christ and I trust him with my life that he starts to do all this wonderful transforming work in me, it says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. <laughs> As though God were making his appeal to the world through us. You know what an ambassador is? The president sends an ambassador to live in a country. Every country in the world has an American ambassador. What's the purpose? He or she speaks on behalf of the president, represents the president. When there's a question or a concern, what does America think about this? They don't listen to the radio or turn on the television. They go and talk to the ambassador. I grew up in a foreign country. English is the second language for me. A dictator of that country. But when I was 12 years old, there was another revolution happening. And this one got a little out of control. And the ambassador sent word to all of the American citizens. The president is sending an airplane. Be at the airport in three days at this time, and they'll be flown back to America because we can't protect you here. My mom and my little brother, my little baby sister, and I showed up at the airport. My dad drove us there and ordered your suitcase. I'm not going. We need to stay here to protect our belongings, and the purpose for which we're here is to tell the people in this country. About Jesus. So I'm going to stay rather than run and tell them about Jesus. Twelve year old's face is strengthened powerfully. Because my dad understood his design and his purpose. He also understood it was important for us to be protected. An ambassador able to speak on behalf of a president who sent an airplane. You and I have been commissioned by God. If we trust in Jesus Christ and have experienced this realignment, this transformation, we've been commissioned by God to be ambassadors of Jesus Christ 
says, sit down and have a conversation with the resurrected Jesus, who died to prove God's love for you. Open up the box with Jesus. He knows everything that's there. He watched it happen. He heard it. He was there. Take out those things one at a time. Jesus, I have to give it to you. It's haunted me all too long. Jesus, set me free from these things. Jesus, forgive me. And as the nail scarred hands of Jesus take 
shapes our identity as we trust Jesus Christ to be our Savior. Transforms us and he does that work realigning us with Jesus in our original design and purpose. As we get all of that, we start living in alignment with Jesus that God says, now you assume the title of ambassador of Jesus Christ. You represent me where you live, where you work, in your family, any other human being you encounter for the rest of your life. And I'll be waiting for you the moment you breathe your last year. I will draw you into my presence. Let it go. Put it into the hands of Jesus. So it will bear fruit. Let's talk to Jesus about that right now. Jesus Christ, we thank you and praise you for what Easter is all about. You paying our sin price. You rising from the dead, victorious over sin, Satan, and death. So we have the power to transform us. Thank you, God, that you designed each of us unique. No one else in the world exactly like us. And you designed us with purpose. Thank you, Jesus, that as we trust you with our lives, you do a transformative change in work in us. So that we leave the broken past and the past in your hands and we go forward as new creations in Christ. Thank you, God, that, that as you continue doing that work in us, you realign us away from our priorities and our goals and our ambitions to be realigned with you and understand that our purpose now is to be commissioned as ambassadors of Jesus Christ in our world. I wonder what you'd like to say to Jesus right now in this moment, right where you're sitting. Nobody's eavesdropping on your conversation. It's just you and Jesus. Have a treasure box of secret junk that has haunted you for too long that you'd like to give to Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for the privilege of this fresh encounter with you today. We thank you for how your word has spoken to us. God, we're trusting that you're giving the pastor Mike and his family a wonderful time away and all of those who normally would be with us but may be in different places. Thank you for this miracle, this movement called Church of Lights and what you're doing in our community through us. We praise you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love to help you on your next steps. Please visit cotlakes.com. Join us weekly as we continue to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in our community.